Hello, you're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And today's episode is our third parter for our summer 2015 reviews. We're almost done with them all. Are we? It's a lot of shows, and we're nearly done. This is the last of our first single core shows. Um, next parter will be all of our second season, second core, blah, blah, blah type shows. Um, so look forward to that if you have any of those shows that you're still waiting on. And hopefully we still remember them by then <laughs> because it's been a long four weeks. I, I've, got, I've got at least one that nobody remembers. Which one is that one? Uh, My love story because it's forgetful? No. <laughs> the dancing one. Because because it started four, almost a year ago. I'm still not convinced that's completed. <laughs> I'm sure that it's still going on. Even if Brave Beats is coming out, Tribe Cool Crew will still continue on. That's what it was called. I didn't even watch it. I know what it's called. It's how it works around here. Because we're from the otakuspirit.com website. You can go there for our news reviews and coverage of new and old anime. As well as our podcast links, social media links, forums at the top there with great people on there that, to talk to about anime. And uh, first impressions for current airing fall 2015 shows, which I think I'm about burnt out on already. So <laughs> I might take a little break and jump back in there. I'm not 100%, so that might be all the ones we're covering. But not a few of them in there before I died. You Just tried. Can't push, you can't push too far. There's a lot you of tried. shows. And a lot of them are second uh, second season, so um, they're a little more difficult to talk about. I still want to do in, uh, The Perfect Insider, though. I still want to write about that one. It's just... That one's a very hard one to write about. You gotta be very specific about what's going on. Anyways, summer 2015 is concluded. We're gonna go to our next set here. Um, we have Charlotte. We have Classroom, classroom Crisis, Prison School, Rampo Kitan, Game of Laplace, uh, Venus Project Climax. I cannot believe Chris finished that one. See You Life, Monster Musume, Wakaba Girl, and Miss Monochrome. I only had an hour and a half more of it that I watched than you. <laughs> like, told three episodes or something like that. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, you've been listening to uh, Bravely You by Leah. That was the opening for this podcast episode. Everybody everybody rocked out to that song before mm-hmm. it started. A little, little bump to it and cool little sound effects and cool stuff. Anyway. has this clock thing going on. Nobody sees that. They just hear this, the sounds. There's no, there's no phonetic clock is ticking maybe i can just over voice over the song yeah it does it ha- you actually even pointed it out tons of tons when of... we when we had it in our music podcast you even pointed that part out yeah, yeah you just didn't realize it was a clock thing then and and the way overly used flare of light and transitioning <laughs> between different scenes which everybody seems to be doing right now which is getting old uh i think uh what was it uh chaos dragon i think did it a lot and they did it for the intro for this. Anyways, side tangent. Let's start with Charlotte. This is the big show. This is the one that everybody was waiting on when summer came around. It was like, oh my gosh, June Maida from, known as the guy, creator behind Angel Beats, Clanad, uh, the big guy that's behind Key. The This guy is writing an anime. It's an original. Everybody was freaking out. And unfortunately, I think that put him on a pedestal. <laughs> But we'll get that in a minute. Uh, this story uh, starts off by following this guy named Yu uh, Otosaka. Uh, he is, for some reason, gifted with an ability. And he's not quite sure if anybody else has these abilities. But he has the ability that anybody he can see, his point of view, he can possess them for five seconds. And that's it. And then he's kicked back to his body. His old body just kind of just flops over. And then when the five seconds are up, he goes back to his body. 
and he didn't think anything about it. He's just okay. This is this is a really useless ability. Um, I guess I'll use it to my benefit. And he tries to cheat on his test. Try to use it to uh, gain favor from a girl that's like the popularest girl in his school. Um, he does all these things bad with his ability, and at some point. It, it catches the interest of a particular now Tamori, and she ends up figuring it out by watching him and and watching what he's doing, and then springs on him, says, I, I know that you have an ability, and uh, ends up revealing that now has an ability, and that's to make herself invisible to anybody, just one person, though. And then uh, you also meet her uh, partner, which is uh, Joichiro, and he claims that he can teleport, but Technically, all he's doing is moving at an incredibly fast speed, and it's very dangerous, and he slams into things. Um, so you get you get a pattern going. And that this world, for some reason, has, and this is what now basically tells you, is that there's this world has uh, people with abilities, and it's always uh, kids or children. And when they reach a certain point in maturity, um, usually like about the point that they're leaving high school and they start becoming a young adult, they lose those abilities. Um, but unfortunately they're afraid that certain organizations might catch interest in these people and then take them into to you know experiment on them and dissect them so to protect them now and Joey Jiro they have their own student council at this one school and they go out and they find people with special abilities and they bring them back to the school and they or they they basically tell them stop and if you don't stop we're going to make you stop kind of thing or you're you're going to get caught kind of thing um and so you is kind of forced to join the school and uh, join the student council. And, of course, in the student council, they make it their thing to go out and find people with special abilities. And that's kind of uh, helped because they have this mysterious guy that walks into the room completely soaked in water. He drips water on this map, and that's where they know that there's an area on the map where there's somebody with a, a special ability. They go investigate. They figure out who it is and then tell them to stop kind of thing. So yeah, that's 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 Charlotte, and then it kind of goes on from there to you know what are these abilities and can they stop the abilities and what kind of things is going to cause for them grief or whatever on into the future as it's thirteen episodes allows, and some people claim that it should have had twenty six episodes. <laughs> so Chris, tell us, did well, Charlotte meet your expectations? Well, there's this this deeper meaning behind the powers. See. See, these kids enter puberty, and they get these powers. Therefore, they, they are accepting the, the growth and, and experience of the new world. And then the government is, is coming to come in and, and experiment on them. That's, that's the adults, you know, holding them down. And then they have system. to take them. It's a system. Yeah, they have to take them to other schools to, to protect them from the government. And the school is representative of acceptance whereas the government is 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 the cog it's the system yes is this npr is this no okay. i i'm just being goofy <laughs> <laughs> yeah going into this show the biggest problem that i actually seen was that i me personally and i know many other people kind of uh admitted this is came into this with way high expectations and put june maida on a pedestal and said this is going to be another Klana. this is going to be uh, another Angel Beats, if I know there's a mixed feelings on Angel Beats, but I thought it was good. Um, so there was an ex- expectation this was going to be something amazing, emotional, it's going to blow us away kind of thing. Um, I think, unfortunately, that didn't quite, it didn't quite meet those expectations, in my opinion. Um, and I think a huge part of that, and we I, we 
kind of hit a lot of it on in some of our other podcasts, so I'm going to repeat it here because this is the review, is that it it had a real problem, I think, somewhere in the uh, storyboards or uh, the series composition, like how they line things up and how things are executed at what times. Because what happened is, and I can I could chop it up as a thing where they're trying to develop characters, or I'm not sure, but a good portion of the first half of this sh- the show was basically an, a power an ep- uh, a power week. Let's go find this person, tell them to stop. Let's go find this person, tell them to stop. And then, of course, riddle in the middle of there was like a very repetitive use of the same jokes. That for the first almost the first entire half of this show, I was going, this isn't what I want. This is this is not. This is not enjoyable. I mean, yeah, there's a few characters that are cute, and you know they're good character designs. It looks good, but we're just doing the same joke over and over again, and we're not doing anything with this story overall. And then at some point, this big thing happens, and I'm going, yeah, that's cool and all, but that's really cheap, and I don't know if that's going to really do anything necessarily good. And then it follows that up with another big reveal that kind of tells you exactly where this story's going and you're going and I'm, I was kind of thinking okay yeah that's kind of tropish but we'll go with it. that's actually pretty cool it was a, a minor mind bin happening there and to its conclusion which I thought was okay um so the the problem I have with the show is that they spent too much time on useless stuff and then when it finally got time to do the important things it didn't seem like it had enough time to to really uh properly give it time like there was there was an entire there wasn't one episode given to the aftermath of something and I felt that it was it could have bit served better being over a two span of an episode because or two episode span because it was a character was really broken and going down a certain path and it would have been much more impactful if they gave it over a two episode period so it didn't feel as jarring going to and from that that in that situation so it's not a bad show I I enjoyed it in the end, it was a good show. Especially, it just the was ending. not a Clannad. It was not an Angel Beats knocking out of the park for me emotionally. Especially the ending. I I I thought the ending, <laughs> and I and I remember looking over at my brother and I said, "I hope they knock this out of the park because I want to see this show do well." And I think that it did like just just got right inside the the ballpark you know what i'm saying it 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 hit it it was almost a home run but it just hit that edge and came right in so it didn't quite get knocked out of the park but it got so dang close that it was like i might as well just give it to you you know what i'm saying i it it was such an excellent ending it had it was all that we had been looking for the entire episode, the entire show um the the episode that my brother was talking about the, the where where a certain particular character went v- very dark for a, a, a uh, an episode or so it, that was some excellent writing and and the recovery was really well done but then it was like okay back to the the usual antics and it was like okay there was no recovery here i mean there was no resolution yeah you you recovered you came back but you got to there. There has to be repercussions to the the entire situation. It wasn't just okay. That was bad, and then it's back to normal. No, no, no. Something serious happened here, and and there was there's there's 
there's there's actually it, it showed some care for a lot of characters, but at the same time, it didn't give the characters the respect that needed to be there. It was obvious that the writer loved these characters and he wanted to do something really special with these characters, but something in the translation didn't get to us. And I think that's really the most the biggest frustration. It was like sometimes some episodes it was like there was a good story here, but you totally failed at the execution. Um, one of the last last parts, it was like um, something that you could have spent an entire core. Now, I'm not saying that it needed an entire core. I think it was fine the way it was done, but you could have spent that much time on it. I'd say just a couple by, episodes at least. Yeah, at least at least two or three episodes. I mean, it, it it there was a lot of stuff there that you would that your 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 fan base who was watching this would have eaten up, but they didn't. They decided not to do that. So this is what we're talking about. With some parts felt like there was a lot there and could have been expanded on. Other parts just felt like they just drew it out, and it's like okay, there was no real point to doing this. Um, I personally wasn't as bothered by the show, by the show, but there was things that I thought that didn't execute really well, but I think it was a, gr- a good show for what it was trying to do. I very much enjoyed the ending. I thought it was, uh, as you heard earlier, the music was great. The, the characters looked good. Um, it, for the most part, it was a very enjoyable show. Yeah. I think that's what the most of it is. It's like, yeah, technically we're, we're pointing out a lot of bad things, but it's it's just one of those things where I wanted this to be a knock-it-out-of-the-park show. It, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I can watch Skywars Academy and go, I know this isn't going to be a great, great show. It's just with Charlotte, it was a, this, this, this has so much potential. This is going to be a great show. And then when it doesn't quite execute a lot of things properly, it spends too much time on things that just seem useless. And they don't give the characters the care that makes you feel impact in certain situations. That's where it kind of bothers you because it's like, I want this to be a knockout of the park. It's a very cool show. It's a very unique show. And I, I wanted them to do more with it. Um, I, I can see it being a 26 episode show. I, I just, it, it's one of those things where if they expand on the things that were not expanded on, not give me 26 episodes so that you can spend 12 of it doing you know, an, an ability per episode kind of thing. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the per, the 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 writer came in and said, "Here's a 26 episode show. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do." And then and then the producers like, "I love your show. I think it's a great idea. Do it in 12." And he's like, "Um, no, I need 24 episodes. At least give me 13." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it definitely is a beautiful show. Um, being done by PA Works, so. Duh, kind of thing. Very beautiful uh, character designs. I liked a lot of the character designs. Um, a lot of clever things that were done in the middle of there that were, were great. I I especially, and it's not too much of a spoiler, there was a moment where one of them does something very special for uh, one of the brothers, uh, a brother of one of the characters. And it was just, it was just a very beautiful scene. It had some great vocals playing. And it was, there was so much emotion in that room that I was just, I was overcome with how great that scene was. It was it was one of those scenes where I'm like, yes, this is this is what this is what <laughs> this is what June Maida does. This is what Key does, and this is what I would I've been waiting for. Um, and they had a couple scenes like that. It's just there was also a lot of scenes where they didn't give it a much not much care, and 
it was one of the early on moments where it's like suddenly somebody's confessing to somebody and you're going this this isn't working don't even, don't you shouldn't even have tried that i i get what you were doing there but you you you're too late let's move on kind of thing um but yeah it's i would like I know that they did it with, I think, uh, Canon, where they went back and they did another uh, a retelling of it with, with more episodes. I would definitely love them to revisit this later on and give it the care that it should have gotten. I'm not sure exactly how well it's doing. I know that I think the first volume sold like 7,000 uh, copies, um, which is decent, I think. So maybe it'll give enough, get enough attention that they'll go, okay, let's let's try this again. But I don't want them to do, okay, let's expand on this. I I mean, yeah, if June Maida has an idea, I, I think Chris or somebody asked me that question at some point. Do, do you think that they could do a second core? And I'm like, this is one of those cases where this isn't based off of anything. This is an original. So it really depends on if he goes, yeah, I can, I have something here I can do. Um, but with the, the setup that they have, with the rules they put in play, there isn't much wiggle room, so it really depends on what he thinks he can do with it. Yeah, that last episode kind of, and and it was me. I, I had mentioned the idea of um, we weren't expecting uh, Little Buster's refrain. We weren't. Wait, that one just came out of left field. They were like, "Hey, here here's a second season." We were like, "Cool, we liked the first season. Let's do it." Um, so I, I mentioned the idea. It was before the last episode it came out because we were we were seeing something that was coming up, and and it looked like. It should go a whole nother core, but um, when that last episode came out, it was pretty much no. We're 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 done here. There, there is technically a tool in there that they can use, and people know that that watched it know what I'm talking about. There's a tool in there that they could use, but it would kind of undermine most of the show. So, uh, yeah, it it definitely is a show that I recommend to go out and watch. Um, just be just to be expecting that bumpy start, um, in my opinion. So. I know that there's some people that'll disagree. A lot of people probably like that whole beginning part. Just for me, it was a little bit rough. But once it got going, it had a really good, interesting concept there that I enjoyed. Chris, I don't think you gave your final words on it. Did you? Yeah, I kind of included it in what I was saying. Okay. Uh, next up we have is Classroom Crisis. Did you ever get around to watching this one? No. You finished Venus Climax, the the whopping three-episode show, but you did not watch an entire 13 episodes of The Greatest Show on this season? Oh, it was The Greatest Show. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Classroom Crisis. Uh, This is one of the shows that I was wanting to do well because it definitely felt different, Um, but you'll you'll find out in a minute how that turned out. Uh, This takes place on uh, Mars. We're in Mars. We're in the fourth Tokyo district on Mars. Um, the Space Aeronautics or Aeronautics Mega Corporation, Kirishima Corporation, has the ATEC department, which is basically a department where students can learn while trying to develop real rockets and engines for, you know, space travel and whatnot. Um, of course, the Kirishima, uh, Kirishima Corporation has been known for developing like uh, transportation vehicles already. So this was one of those things that kind of hands itself to it. Uh, Kaito, Sarah, is the main character. He is a teacher of this ATEC uh, district group, whatever. Um, and he basically teaches this class as he's building these rockets. Um, he's been known from, uh, I think his father or something, from previous generation of the uh, Kish, uh, Kirishina Corporation. Anyways, at some point, for some reason, 
the A-Tech uh, head, the CEO guy, uh, Kiryu, he decides that, or uh, Yuji, he decides that he wants to shut down the, the A-Tech. So he has his brother Nagisa go and become one of the students of the class and slowly dissemble it or uh, kind of take it apart from the inside, uh, take out funding until it basically dies. They don't want to just shut it down. They just want him to go in there and just bring the budget back far enough that they end up having to shut it down. And that kind of evolves over time as you start meeting each of the characters. Uh, you meet, uh, you finally figure out that N Nagisa is actually a very brilliant guy. Um, he seems very, very evil at face value because he's got a goal that he's going after and he's not afraid of stepping on anybody that's in his way. Uh, you meet uh, Kaito's sister, uh, Misuki, and she kind of is the the heart of the show. Uh, she tries to bring people together. Uh, and then Edis, who is the uh, friend of Mizuki, and she is their test pilot. And over time, as you get to know these characters, you start realizing there is a bigger plot involved, which is basically involving the uh, Kirishina, uh, Kirishina, I know I'm saying that right, Kirishina Corporation, and what exactly is happening in the background, why they're actually trying to take down ATEC. And you're finding out why Nagisa is there, his actual motives for what he's doing, and his conflict with Yuji, his brother, which is the his boss and the boss of that, that corporation, that branch, or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, this show, uh, like I said, I came into it going, okay, this looks like something different. Um, could be interesting, this idea of this corporation that also has students in it that are building possibly tomorrow's uh, rockets. And you have kind of the inner conflict of this corporation. Uh, then it starts getting really into more of the politics involved in that. Unions and each side combating each other with the tools that they have. And then it kind of just gets really boring after that point. It, it's Of course, it wasn't really interesting to begin with. <laughs> Starting out, it was very boring. The first episode was like, okay, this is this is bad. The second episode was like, okay, what are we doing here? Um, it, it does have some value in it and that you have a very political and a very corporate based show, which isn't very often seen in anime. So if that's something that interests you, there you go. Um, I just don't think they had enough in there plot wise. They did have a kind of an interesting twist towards the end involving a couple of the characters, including Nagisa when you start figuring out his true motives behind everything, but it just didn't have enough. It, it, it's sad because it's one of those things where it's like, you, I wanted a payoff for going through some of these episodes. I thought that there was something underneath all this stuff that was going to make me go, yes, I, I, I like that I stuck with this. But sadly, your travel through this show is not enjoyable. And in the end, it doesn't have a good payoff. It Nagisa is probably the only interesting character, but he's not a likable character. That's the problem. Um, Kaito, who you think is the main character at the beginning has his moments but he's in the end he's just a let's fight and we'll get over anything kind of person in a very serious environment this this show is very serious what it's what the stuff it's dealing with so to have a character that's well let's just be positive and we'll win doesn't really work in that environment um they try to do some love aspect between some of the characters it didn't feel genuine whatsoever it was kind of a Okay, that just happened. I, I guess I, you, you didn't explain that, but okay, let's do that. 
whatever kind of thing. I, I'm I'm done at this point, so let's do this. It's a it's an interesting show, but it just didn't execute anything that used those tools that it it put into play. I guess is the best way I can put it. Yeah. What do, what are your thoughts, Chris? None. <laughs> I dropped it after the first episode. I, I, the way I should have. That's all right. I mean, I, I, I'm not upset that I watched it, but at the same time, I did not get anything out of it. And it's going to be a very well. I, I, as I as I was listening to you, it was like it. I I kept hearing this frustration, but there's this little little bitty thing that 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 you're looking at, and 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 it might 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 pan out. And I was like, yeah, but should I go back? And and at, at the end, Andrew was like, no, and I was like, okay. I'll give him the weekly, should he watch it? No. Should he watch it? Well, it does have, no. It, it just reveals something cool, but no. No, just no. There, There's not enough payoff for what many episodes of boredom is what it is. Uh, let's move on to one that's actually entertaining in some ways and not in others, and that is Prison School. It's finally our review of the big feigned... I mean, besides Charlotte, Prison School was the other one that I seen people just going gaga over it coming up in the summer 2015 season. So it was one of those ones where I'm going, but why? The PV looks bad. And then I go watch it and I'm like, this isn't what I like. Why? I'm going to hate reviewing this, aren't I? Because everybody's going gaga and I'm not enjoying this. And then stuff happens. It gets better. Let's start with synopsis, though. Uh, this takes place at Hachimitsu Private Academy outside in the outskirts of Tokyo. This is a all-girls boarding school of elite young women, and it's been known for that. But it, for some reason, the president decides, let's have some boys in here. So they bring in five interesting individual fellows, and it doesn't take very long before these five boys decide to do something wrong by sneaking into or sneaking a peek at the girls in the locker room and that leads to the underground what do they call the underground uh correctional student council the, the the underground student council uh taking the five boys and throwing them into a prison they have built in the school grounds and no i think they built it they just built it right then yeah right then they just, they just put it, it together just yeah, that's why they were out there carrying those big old logs. While, oh, the, while the, the boys did. While yeah, the, they forced the boys to build it. But yeah, so you have a school, and these five boys are throwing it, and they have to serve a month, I think, at the yeah. beginning. They had to serve a month in this prison before they're going to be let out. And of course, the entire time, this the student council's like, we don't even want these boys here. This is a big mistake. You should never have these boys here. Boys are nasty, disgusting things. Get them out of here kind of thing. Uh, so they're constantly trying to get them expelled. Um, but yeah, our main character is uh, Kiyoshi Fujino, and he quickly meets Chio Kurihara, which is a, a very beautiful girl that he wants to go out on a date with. Um, you have Takehito Morikuzu, or Morikuzu, and he is a crazy otaku guy. Uh, you have Reiji Ando, who is a very soft-hearted, but I think he is also into pain. And Joji Nezu, who has, like, lung ulcers or something like that, so he coughs out blood all the time and likes and, ants. And he likes ants. <laughs> and Shingo Wakamoto, who is more of the 
I, I really got nothing out of that character. He just he's that there. character. He's, he's, a, he's that guy. He's a betrayer. There you go. I don't know. Um, and of Wait, course, that was probably spoiler, huh? Not really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really find it very spoilery, so uh, I'm I'm gonna greenlit that one. Uh, and the shadow, the the council themselves is headed by Mari, and she likes crows for some reason, and she's very scared, scary to everybody. Uh, there's Hana, who is this girl that wears like biker shorts and likes to kick the crap out of people, but talk really sweet at the same time. <laughs> And then you have the the dominatrix chick, which is uh, Riza. Is it Riza? No, I don't know. Anyways, dominatrix chick. I'm just calling dominatrix chick. Uh, Vice president, and she likes to beat the crap out of everybody, and sit on horses, and do exercises, <laughs> and make squirt noises from her sweat. Oh my gosh. Um, I really should find her name because I'm going to be talking a lot about her because she's one of my biggest complaints about this show. And she's like part of the main cast? Maiko. There she is. Just for some reason, the hat threw me off. The hat's fitting, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the synopsis in a nutshell. You're kind of just following them as they're dealing with being in this prison. You're, you're following... Uh, Kiyoshi as he's trying to get out of it so that he can go on this date. Um, and that kind of progresses as they're trying to keep in the school because they are, they're a bunch of boys and they want to be in this all-girls boarding school. But yeah. Uh, for a good portion of the show, I was just not into it. The, the very beginning, probably half of the show, I was just not caring about it because most of it was really just here's the guys they're out on the field doing something and here's Maiko, the dominatrix lady and she's her butts in the the camera every two seconds her chest in the camera every two seconds there's squirting noises from her sweat and they're getting beat around constantly and it was just i was just not liking i think our first impressions i was like this is i'm not not i don't want this show i'm not caring about it whatsoever i didn't like the art style that kind of grew on me over time Still some character designs I don't care for, but for the most part, I was just not getting any enjoyment out of it whatsoever because I didn't like what they were doing with a lot of the characters and the the whole Maiko thing, which they kind of seem like they have an obsession with her crotch for some reason. Like, they have all these female characters in the show. For some reason, Maiko was the only one that was a free game. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but things kind of started changing, and it was a lot involved with Hana. Uh, which is the, like I said, the biker short wearing girl and kickboxer because she has, she's just crazy. And yeah, I can give all the other characters their credit for being crazy, but she was a fun and crazy, crazy, she's a special kind of crazy, a special kind, I guess <laughs> her obsessions with what she wants. Uh, she gets an obsession with Kyoshi and those obsessions kind of manifest in an attempt to, embarrass the other one more kind of thing like she she wants to embarrass him more than he embarrassed her and when they started doing that thing i was like yeah i'm enjoying this and yeah she disappears and i started kind of liking what they were doing with trying to to stay in the school not get expelled and then she comes back and i'm like i I, this is this is the golden moment of the show is when she's on the screen (laughs) (laughs) bad terminology but i'm going with it (laughs) I don't think you were intending that, but it totally <laughs> popped. 
Um, <laughs> flopped, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess what I can say about this show is if you watch the first episode, you like the dominatrix chick, you might enjoy the show overall. But if you don't, you're probably going to be like me, where you're not going to enjoy it unless Hana's on the screen, and then you're like, "This made this entire show worth it." Like I, like I, with 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 uh, Classroom Crisis, I'm going, I'm sitting through all this, and I'm getting nothing from this. No matter what you give me, it's probably not going to pay. This one was like, that was this made this show. Like I'm fine with the rest because of this, and I, I think we kind of mentioned our spoiler discussion about school, uh, Prison School was, how do you, how do you review something like that how do you review something that i i'm trying to bring it up here so i can know exactly how many episodes but how can you rate something that you didn't enjoy a good portion of it but you liked one thing about it like how do you review that and yeah i think it it came down to she she has less than episodes yeah, she has less than 4 episodes that are kind of she's yeah, she shows up for maybe yeah, 15 minutes. The the toward later episode, she was pretty much there the entire episode, but she was maybe given a, um, an episode and a half. So how do you review something that is 12 episodes for an episode and a half? Now, granted, like I said, about the 6 episode point, I started actually kind of liking what they were doing with the the main cast and them trying to stay in the school. Um, but those first five episodes were just painful to sit through, and I didn't enjoy them whatsoever. Um, but it, it picks up at the six point. You start getting Hana involved. It's golden. Like again, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> and in the end, it was it was good. I, I I want more, and it's mainly because I want more Hana. So take that for what you will. Five episodes of blah. Hana's great, and from six to twelve, I enjoyed it. I think I could go ahead and go with that. Um, the 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 story was really kind of flimsy for me. I I I I don't want to say there was none of the characters because yeah, there was characters. I I can think of uh, Shingo. I kind of started to like towards the later half. Later half, I think um, Chio was was interesting but she was non-existent in like 99 percent of the show she's very adorable yeah she was adorable um and yeah i'm totally i'm on board with the hana hana uh ship train i'm 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 all over that uh mari was i i i didn't even care i mean she just did not say i didn't like her her being being on the episodes because whenever she was around you had squirt noises coming out of mako yeah (laughs) Well, I'm I'm hoping that 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 eventually, if if they do do the second season, we'll start to see why she's. I mean, I kind of get an idea of why she hates men so much, but it it, it just wasn't. I mean, my dad's a pervert, so therefore I hate everybody. Get over it. Um, but no, I mouse pads yeah i mean dude seriously <laughs> don't do that around your daughter i mean <laughs> come on seriously no no <laughs> da. 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 uh no uh i i didn't care about the nerd guy 
did not care about Endo. Oh, I like I like Takahito. He was he, he grew on me because he's just crazy. Like <laughs> like that whole thing with the bugs. He wanted grasshoppers. Then Mika goes out and captures the grasshoppers. <laughs> See, this is where I started enjoying it. And that was like I said about the sixth episode part. You have like this whole thing where this this chick is running that, around that with was, a, a net trying to catch things, and then she's like upset because he won't eat it. <laughs> it there it had its moments. Who would it order something like this? <laughs> It's just green goo coming out of his mouth. <laughs> he just swallows it and spits it out and falls over. Then he swallows some more. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. This show. And then the nipple hair. The nipple hair. I think that we could honestly say we hate Deserted to love this island. one. <laughs> Deserted Island Tornado. Right? Nobody's getting this unless they actually watched it. This is one show that we can hate to love. Yeah. It's definitely one of those shows where I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this, and this is disturbing, and some, and I guess that the, the art style lent itself to what they were doing, because it's just very kind of dirty, very dirty at, at times, and I, this is one of the shows where I, I don't want the uncensored version, because I, I, I know there's only one aspect of the show that is censored, and it's Maiko, and I don't particularly like her character design, so... Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, we could get some interesting shots of Hana. She was never really naked. There was a couple parts. Uh, but that was never censored. With the mushroom? But th- I think that was actually added <laughs> there. Like, I, there was no Mako moments where there's a big black bar in front of the yes, screen. Yes, there was. It, well, in Hana, for Hana, with the mushroom, yeah, there was. There was a scene. Mushrooms. <laughs> We probably better move on. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Hana, yeah, it, it Hana just, totally sold the show for us, so you guys you got the idea. Just be aware, it's very, very vulgar in sexualizing and, and nudity kind of stuff. Very sexual situations. Um, and it plays a lot on that kind of joke. So if that's something you're afraid of, just avoid it like the plague. Uh, but if you're looking for a lot of very awkward and sexual humor, it's there. So definitely check it out if that's if that's your thing. It's a very interesting show. Just very, very, very interesting. Not on the levels of cross age, but getting pretty close. So take that for what you will. Our next show is Rampo Kitan, Game of Laplace. This is another show that I want to talk about. This this kind of goes in the same lines as Cross Angel, where it's kind of like I I don't want to review it because I appreciate what it was trying to do. It just didn't do it. So uh, this follows at the beginning Kobayashi, who is a boy who <laughs> I'm going to struggle with calling a boy for the rest of this review. Is a boy who does not find interest in this world. Uh, believes that the dreams might be reality and and the real world might be dreams like has a real disconnect with the world doesn't find anything enjoyable very bored and at some point wakes up in his classroom with his I'm 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 really actually struggling with saying this so don't don't think I'm joking I'm just going to say, she wakes up in a classroom, and her homeroom teacher is basically dismembered into a chair. Blood everywhere, and she's got a saw in her hand. And, of course, she's 
suspect for this murder because she's there in the, the location. Um, the police show up, uh, and then they, you immediately meet this guy named Akechi, who is a young, I think, 17-year-old. Um, he is part of this kind of secret government-funded initiative to, you know, pay and give privileges to very, very smart children to solve cases that, you know, the regular police can't, you know, solve. Um, and Akechi kind of just doesn't really suspect Kobayashi, so you have this whole thing that kind of happens where Kobayashi really kind of is interested in what Akechi does, what what Akechi is that with what he's, you know, assigned to do, and wants he to makes be the, He makes the butterflies appear. <laughs> So Kobayashi's like, you know, let me be your your apprentice. I want to do what you do. And he's like, no, well, if you can solve this murder, if you can prove your innocence, uh, even if I don't bring you on, the government's going to take knowledge and or notice of you and you can do what I'm doing kind of thing. Um, and of course, uh, Kobayashi's joined with uh, Hish- uh, Hashiba, who is kind of a, a close friend of hers, his, and... The groper. <laughs> the groper, What? <laughs> What? <laughs> I, I totally messed up, man. I missed something. He gropes the he he gropes the trap. Okay. <laughs> well, the the trap likes to throw a butt in the face all the time. <laughs> Look at butt and wear dresses. So I don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, so you basically follow this team as they try to solve this murder and whatever murder in the future. Um, the the big overlying plot is really involving this serial killer or this this kind of meme if you want to call it that this this concept of a uh was it 20 faces yeah that sounds right i think it's 20 faces um this killer called 20 faces and what happens is that whenever it's basically this concept of trying to stop criminals from being able to get away from things. It's a vigilante kind of thing because what's rampant in this world, like there is in every single other crime type show and an anime is the criminals always get away with everything. It's, it's a, you know, a, a death note kind of thing. And so the way to stop them is to scare them into believing that if they do a criminal act, they will be killed by 20 uh, faces. So uh, what will happen is if, if somebody goes in and commits a crime or usually a murder, and then gets away with it, 20 faces will come in and try to punish them. And sure enough, the police try to stop the one that's killing the bad guys. And so it's it's a it's an attempt to stop the criminals while at the same time stop this 20 faces that keeps seem to be appearing. Even if they take down one 20 faces, another 20 faces will show up in their place because the concept is vigilante. And it is a, like I said earlier, as a joke, but it's a meme. It's kind of like a everybody wants to be this 20 faces. It seems to be a cool thing to do. Um, and later on segments, they kind of start getting into how the 20 faces was created and how to stop it and its origins and all that kind of stuff. And it's conclusion. Um, yeah. For those who don't know this show or this show is kind of a homage or whatever to Rampo Kintan, who is the famous writer who brought basically mystery novels to Japan. And so, it had a very big name on it. Um, so the question was really, are, are they going to be able to deliver that and do it properly? Um, sadly, I've never read anything from Rompo, so I don't know if this is true to it. I know that a lot of the stories in it are based off of his book. So like you had the book, the original book for the first one was the uh, the Human Chair or something like that. And I would imagine they probably had one for the concrete 
which I don't even want to talk about because that was a really screwed up moment. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the show for doing something mystery. Um, I appreciate it for doing the crime aspect. I appreciate it for being dark. It's a very dark show at times. I appreciate its attempt to do symbolisms. Um, but in the end, it didn't do anything that really kind of... It didn't do anything that makes me go, wow, this is why somebody should watch this. There was nothing here that I go, hey, if you like this... If there's anything that somebody says they're interested in that might be in the show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you to somewhere else because this doesn't really do anything particularly good. And that's the problem with it. Um, I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate the moments that it got kind of dark. There was a few moments that I really thought the stories were just kind of heartbreaking. Um, mainly just two of them. Um, it tries to do symbolism and it doesn't seem like it wants to keep to that symbolism. There was like this whole thing with the the silhouettes of characters that are important or not. Um, characters didn't come out of silhouette unless they were important. Uh, some uh, police officers were, were shown as puppets and you were thinking maybe they're they're trying to symbolize something there, and then you realize everything's no, 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 a puppet. No, no, and no, 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 no. Okay, hold on. That was Akechi's view of the wall. That they're all pet puppets. Yes. Yeah. Like Kobayashi was seeing the silhouettes that turned into normal people. Right. Akechi was doing the exact same thing, but they were all puppets and right. mannequins. Right. You following me? Yeah. It wasn't that they weren't keeping it. It was that he his. No, view I'm, was I'm not saying that it, it didn't keep it. It just it didn't do anything with it. Like I, I was you. thinking, this was going to be something. Wow, and then it, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree that it was definitely a catchy because he definitely went off the island. and Everybody was puppets, and then of course Kobayashi wasn't even there the entire time. I see that. It's just it didn't do anything special with it. Like I didn't have that moment where I go, oh, so that's why that random character was not a silhouette because that's the murderer or something. It's it's just it's just it. it it's almost like. I thought they were doing something clever, and then I realized, oh, they're just doing it because they didn't want to draw anybody, <laughs> kind of thing. I guess it works. It's fine. Um, the main, the biggest issue with the show, and it's it, there, there's two of them really, and one is not really its fault. Is I came into the show thinking it was going to be a mystery, like a puzzle. Like there's a puzzle here, and if you piece it together before the main character does, you can figure out who the bad guy is before the main character, and then you'll feel like rewarded. Or the the bad guy will be revealed and you'll go, oh, that's why this, this, and this. This isn't that show. This is this is something happened. We should figure this out. Puppets are, here's the stage. And they're all standing around the stage and they're reenacting what happened. So this is the killer. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't expect you to think, of, it doesn't expect anything of the the viewer. It, it's, just, it's just going, here's a story. So do you like that conclusion? Like, here is the murder and here's this guy you've never seen. That's the bad guy. It, it it never expects anything of you. It's never clever with its writing. And that's the other problem that kind of lays into is everything is done on a stage. Uh, not everything, but most everything's done on a stage. There really isn't much to explore. There's no crime scenes to go into. Um, there was a few of the stories, like I said, the, the the few that I actually enjoyed the concrete. If you want, if you want to, if you want to reference this later, the concrete episode and the. And the the sister, it was those two were the moments where I was like, "Oh man, this is this is heartbreaking." The rest, I could care less about the the final arc that they went into was just okay. The I don't even understand this whole formula thing they're going into. It's just they never connected that to the real world. The formula they were creating, just all that stuff was just I didn't care about. So. 
I appreciate they were doing something new here. It's just it didn't execute anything to make me care about what was going on. And they didn't expect anything of me, so it, it goes both ways, I guess. I appreciate this show for what it is. It's it's a very artsy, and I, th- I thought that a lot of things were very beautiful in a lot of ways. Um, I enjoyed what this show had to deliver. And taking it for what it is as a a play on the these stories is fine. My frustration mainly comes in in the aspect of as an American going coming in and looking at the this story, I almost want to see these these books just to see if they if it was translated the way that is true to these books because in a lot of cases, I mean, I, I think that we mentioned it in our uh, discussion on this one. It, it felt like, in a lot of ways, this show was um, anime-fied, where they were throwing in anime tropes because they felt like they had to. And I don't think that these anime tropes could have possibly been from a guy in 1965. You know? <laughs> I mean, it just, just, just throwing it out there. I really don't think that... It, I mean, if Kobayashi was in there, I don't see that Kobayashi being a trap. I, ju- I just don't. And and I think that, that that is one of my biggest frustrations with this show. It's... A lot of the content in this show was very good. I thought it was interesting. A lot of interesting things. I thought it was a very pretty show. But the tropes just felt so awkward and out of place that was probably the one thing that really just took it away from it for me in the, in the, the biggest amount, uh, the darkness, it wasn't as dark as it started out. I think that it kind of piddled out later on as they started getting into the formula and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm mixed on this show. I can't, I can't say it's a good show and I can't really say it's a bad show. It's just, it's there, and and I think that's the best that I can give it, especially uh, j- just just the way I feel about it. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. It's like when somebody asked me, give me a show like this, it's just not one of those ones that I think is ever going to come up, because there isn't anything inherently there that I say, you have to go watch this for this. It's just, it. it's there. It's kind of like, and I kind of agree with you on the, the trope thing. It's like, I, I think, um, like, according to this right here, apparently most of Rompo's work involved a detective named Akachi. So you'd you'd imagine Akechi here is the character that is going to be uh, pulled out from those books and those stories. What was the point of Kobayashi and ha- uh, Hashiba? I mean, they really had no purpose here. There was There was maybe two segments where they were involved directly with what was going on, but technically, besides those two moments... And, and technically, of course, the first murder because Kobayashi is the suspect. They're, they're outside of that. They're 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 not they're non-existent. Their their only purpose is to pop in the beginning and the in the episode and go, oh, I'm wearing a dress again, or oh, stop uh, stop pulling Kobayashi into everything because I'm protecting him. Her, uh, I. They had no purpose. They could have been pulled out of the show and nothing would have changed. They could have used somebody else to, to you know be captured by the the concrete guy kind of thing. So I think the show would have probably done a lot better. Yeah. If they p- pulled out those tropes and just went with a catchy and, 
and let him solve the murders like he technically is in the show itself. So I, I really didn't see any point for that stuff to be involved. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, it had a, cool, a couple cool stories in there. It just, overall, I, I, I didn't really particularly like a lot of the stories. And a lot of the this-is-what-happened kind of storytelling, which I could have gotten by reading a book. Um, yeah, let's let's move forward. Venus Project Climax. Climax, Climax, Climax. This takes place in a world where divas summon or manifest big gigantic robots on television screens that fight each other while they sing and perform and for some reason when the performance thingies attack each other the girls feel it and they fall over and pass out and and some girls from some place that is referencing poverty something poristan poristan there you go was that a translation thing or was that a direct translation I don't, I don't know I think they called it poristan but I don't remember I think Funimation threw a joke in there who knows? Um, and yeah, Andrew watched like two episodes and then I think a live action episode happened again and then he stopped watching it. Because half of these episodes are like nothing but here's the game people and here's the anime people and they do a bunch of live television skits and that got old quick. So Chris, tell us tell us about Venus Project Climax. Sex, 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 sex. Okay. Um, for a, a show that tried to I I don't know what they tried to do with this. I <laughs> all I can say to sell is a game. There I think that a show that had as much promise as this one did and had some really interesting concepts, really cool things that I really wanted to see. I came away from it extremely frustrated. Uh the story it's uh, the story of the characters was fine. Um I I liked Ruka. I thought her backstory was interesting. Um, Eriko, she was okay. Miu was interesting. I, I the characters that came away from it, I I was like, yeah, th- you could sell these characters, but the problem was is that a lot of them were like, <sighs> I hate to say this, but they they were very cliche in their stories and i'm fine with that didn't bother me that much but the problem is is that for as much promise as they had here none of it was capitalized on and that i think is the biggest frustration i came away from this with even towards the end the quality dipped the the songs were fine i thought they were really good um but nothing in the long run came worked. It just watching six episodes of this and it was only six episodes. So it's not like I was hurt that much by watching it. It just, I came away from it going, nothing was capitalized on. And maybe it's something that you just have to try the game to enjoy. I don't know that. Like I said, the idea behind it is really cool. I like the idea of these girls going up there and singing and having a battle for the song. I thought that's a really cool idea. As for a, a, a game concept, I think it's a really cool idea. Having having some kind of beat thing going on, and if you make the beats, then you get a hit or something like that. I think that's a cool idea. I think that it, it's, it's really something that could really be capitalized 
and I think it could really work. The problem is, is that for this anime, I don't think that they capitalized on it. And then to top it off, having these variety show episodes, it's almost like uh, rubbing salt in the wound. It's like we didn't take the time to actually do the show. And then to top it off, we're putting these characters out here or these voice actors out here, plus the voice actors of the game. It's just adding insult to injury. And it's, I think it was the voice actresses and the game developers. I thought it was the voice actresses for the games and the voice actresses for the show. That wouldn't make any sense. But I guess they, they had a, a, a song battle. Two different people. The sixth episode of the television show side was a song battle between the voice actresses for the show and the voice actresses for the game. They specifically said voice actresses? Yeah. Oh. It seemed like they were coming out at the same time, so I don't know why they would have two different voice actresses. Because uh, what I seen from the show when I came into it was like, okay, this is obviously them trying to sell the game because it doesn't look like they're giving the anime any effort. And then after the fifth live film thing, it was like, I, I literally, I think this is really to say, hey, we have a game, um, go buy it kind of thing. Because it, it, the little bit of the, the two or three episodes that I watched of the anime was like, this doesn't have anything in it. You just have... Eriko is likes to eat stuff, um, and she was raised in this orphanage and wants to repay that. And then there's Poriston Lady, and she really tries way too hard because obviously where she came from is poor. And then I never got in the Mew, so I don't know what that's going about. But it just didn't look like there was anything put into the show. It just let's go back to the the, the variety show, and they're singing together now. It's it. I don't. Know, I did. I didn't get anything from it. So that. It, it lends itself, I think, to a short because when I when I looked at the episode length, I'm like, I don't want to watch this for 22 minutes. I really do not want to watch this for 22 minutes. And then eventually, I got to the one where I was, I'm I'm done, kind of thing. So, yeah, and, it, yeah. and I think that 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 like I said, it, coming away from it, I was frustrated. I think that it was a fine show. It just it never reached its its potential, and I think that's the main frustration walking away from it. If it ever had potential. Uh, I think it did. I think it had... I didn't see anything. Well, I mean, the concept was cool. It it was a cool concept. And the characters, after all is said and done, they were fine. I think that they had good storylines for what they were doing. The problem was, is that none of it was capitalized on. Like the panty girl. She wasn't Penny Girl. That was she her outfit. Panties is her outfit. I told Chris I'm gonna go outside and tidy wise and say this is my outfit, so it's okay. I don't think that would work. She's wearing panties. Um, you go out and da- they got guys who walk around and dance on stage with in tidy whities I I've seen they, pictures of guys that dance in it. fig leaves, but they will admit it. You're you're denying that she's wearing panties. <laughs> I said she's wearing an outfit. I did not say she's wearing <laughs> panties. But see, that's that fig leaf's an outfit, Chris. It's not a fig leaf. Okay. It's not a fig leaf. I didn't say that the guy in the fig leaf didn't get, do what he say did and life. say it was an out, outfit. Let's move on to Seiyu Life. Um, or Soraga Seiyu. Um, this show is about voice actresses. Shocking enough, because, of course, Seiyu is a voice actor. So um, This uh, follows mainly Futaba, Rin, and Ichigo. Um, they are three new up-and-coming voice actresses. And they take on, of course, the jobs that 
you know, you start out as a voice actress and they're trying their bestest to become a big voice actress. And they work for different uh, companies that give them jobs and whatnot. Uh, Futaba being uh, mostly the main character of the show, um, she some, seems to at first just kind of do is a voice actress because it's a job kind of thing. And she's not really inspired to do it. Um, Rin is the, uh, she's still in school. She's very young and she's already getting a lot of jobs. So she's kind of like one of those old, you know, prodigy child or whatever, uh, up and coming rising star. Um, and then there's Ichigo and her big thing is that she likes strawberries and she wants to, that she wants that to be her thing is that she's, she's Ichigo, the strawberry kind of thing. Um, and through some jobs, they end up meeting, meeting each other and talking and then while doing a job together, um, they catch the interest of a guy who wants to do a net um, net podcast kind of thing, a net net show or net radio show. And so they together do this radio show and then they eventually he gets them a job as, you know, opening their own uh, CD debut um, to become idol group kind of thing. So it's kind of exploring all these different things and the idea of being a voice up until the point that they become, you know, trying to become idols, I guess. Um, and I, I guess the, the best way to coin this is if you watch Shirobako, it's kind of like that, but it's more, a lot more silly. Um, it still keeps it very serious. There's a lot of very serious things they're dealing with. Um, serious uh, issues that face voice actresses going into the business. Um, never, a lot of situations aren't very rosy. There's, there's, they don't sugarcoat a lot of situations they're, they're dealing with. Um, and the other kind of cool thing about the show is that they're kind of, uh, bringing in known voice actors that would kind of be in the room at the same time that kind of help them out. So, um, for that reason, I thought the show was really interesting in giving that insight into this world. You're, you're getting insight into what they do when they get the job. The, the moment that they're trying out for the job, not getting a job, um, struggling with the idea of not ever getting a job and having to do side jobs just to pay the bills. Um, the concept of seeing that there's a role open and trying to research for it and then realizing that you wasted a bunch of money researching for it when you don't even get the job. Uh, what they do when they get into the sound room, uh, how they greet each other. like All these things are really, really fascinating in the realm of a, a, a seiyu or a voice actor or voice actress in the day-to-day happenings of them still having a little bit of fluff there to make it fun, having cute characters there to make it fun, uh, having the humor there while at the same time dropping some really cool knowledge on it kind of thing. And for that reason, I really like this show. Uh, there was a few points in the show that was kind of slow, but I think it was for a reason. Um, giving you the the more monotony things of their daily lives that are involved with being a voice actor or voice actress. And then at the same time, hitting you with those 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 curveballs that really show you what they deal with on a regular basis, which was really cool. So if you're looking for something that gives you that insight to what a Seiyu life is, this show is perfect for that. And it's exactly what it's meant for, I think. Um, I think what's more interesting in the show itself is I really want to know what how this came to be because there's a lot of points in this show as it's going through that I'm going, wow, they have, because like I said, every, pretty much every episode, um, there's a few points when they didn't, but most every episode they'll have, they have a run in with a particular voice actor or voice actress that comes through and 
you're like immediately going, oh, I know that voice. That, that was one of the cool things about the show is you, there's always that moment where suddenly somebody comes in and everybody's going, oh, it's that person. I might not know yeah. the name, but then when I hear them talk, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that. It, it's it's this character. I, I always know it by the character kind of thing. Yeah, it's it, we're, we're talking big names. And, and they come in, they look nothing like these Moe characters in a lot of cases. Some of them, I mean, some of the voice actresses, they kind of Moe-fied them a little bit. But yeah, one of them, got, was, which was... Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, Hiroshi Kamiya was like, he is way, way younger than what he actually looks like. <laughs> uh, but that, that was a fascinating thing. It's like, of course, we had to have uh, Ria Kojimiya in there. She was there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's it's the Sundete queen. She's on this show and she's giving advice for this. And I, the other big one was uh, Masako uh, Nozawa, who is Goku. Like, like my gosh, it's, it, it was it was cool. Uh, another one that I want to name was uh, Hiroshi Kamiya, who is like one of my favorite voice actors right now because he does Izaya from Dorada and Araragi from uh, Bakamonogatari. These are voices that just stand out to me when I hear them. I'm like, of course not, not, not Goku because I was like, okay, that's a little bit different. <laughs> but these were the, those those big names, and they would show up and they would give advice, and I'm like, wow, what? What was involved with putting this together? Is this one of those things, like, Chris was making a joke about it, like, are they just kind of walking by and they just grab them and go, here, record these few lines for us real quick. I'm like, I can kind of <laughs> see it being a thing where they're in the same studio and they just kind of, you know, here's some money or, hey, we're making a show about you, like, voice actors. Can you come in and, and just act like you're telling this character what you went through when you first started. And maybe they like the idea of, of dropping that information on people. Like, here, here's an anime where you're going to be personified in it and give somebody some really crucial advice. Maybe that's all that's involved. Maybe it's just they had a lot of budget behind it. Maybe it's it's a collaboration. But this show just oozes that insider information that I just was soaking up. They had so many references to other shows. They made so many uh, jabs at different shows not not mean jabs, but they were just kind of like we we acknowledge this kind of thing, and that's what makes this show great. I mean, it's not Shirobako amazing, but it's it's getting pretty darn close, and it's its own thing. It's not as Shirobako; it is its own thing, while still having that same spirit. I guess is, is the best way to put it. Yeah, it had my Miss Monochrome in there too. I mean, yeah, Yui Hiori had her in there. Had a, had quite a few. Um, it, it, it's impressive when you, when you get through the list of, uh, uh, voice actresses and, and you see those names and you click on them and you're like, they're just big old long lists. I mean, these are not, they, these are heavy hitters in the industry. It, it definitely, uh, points them out. I, I enjoyed this show. It, it, it had a lot of the fun and it still had this, this aspect of, Hey, we're here. This is what we do. And it was nice to see that side of it, and it was it didn't feel boring. Uh, it it just I I just went along for the ride, and and as these girls got together and they started doing their idol singing, and 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 you you hurt when they 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 nobody was picking up their albums off of the. I want to go buy one. <laughs> I want to buy one. I it, it it just it had that 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 charm that just sucks you right in and says, look, just listen to our little story and let us tell you what it's like to be a voice actress in it. And I was, I was fine with it all the way through. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I'm also like Aoi, who was kind of a foot, uh, foot buzz kind of, uh, agent. She was, she was great. Um, 
I also have to kind of acknowledge the ending segments, which are definitely something I watched every single episode. Um, it, it plays out kind of like uh, the girls are in their radio show kind of thing. And they're just singing along to a song. And they're usually always singing about what happened in the episode. And thankfully, uh, uh, Funimation translated each one of them. So it's like this, this whole segment where they're singing about what happened. Um, and then they'll have this moment where they, they go, oh, we have a we have a request. We'll sing this song. And yeah, there was a few of them that are kind of like, I, I didn't even know the show, but I knew the song. Or it, right. I know the show. Like, they did Evangelion. I mean, yes. Uh, <laughs> and sing along with them on that and then it kind of closes out it was it was really cool i liked i liked the element of doing something with an ed rather than just copy pasting every single episode so i'll, I'll definitely acknowledge that one um def, definitely a, a really good show and I, I i recommend it um if you're wanting to know more about the the say you life as it as it is titled so maybe we should keep an eye on these three you know they may be are they? Are they? Are they were they, all, still, they were all non-names, weren't they? I, I think that they were just starting out. Yeah, then that's that's the other clever thing about it. It's like it's literally when they bring in these people, it's like this is their only job. I mean, yeah. Oh, there was there's some down there, and you know who they the, what they were is they're brand new, fresh, and they're way down at the bottom of the list. Yeah, they were just kind of random people that came in and did parts, like like they're in a the sound room and they're recording an anime, and these people that are walking up are literally like new people. So yeah, it's, it. it it stays true to that, and that's what's kind of cool. And it, it's funny because the beginning segments of this show, I was going like, I was just, I was hurt for like Futaba and Ichigo and Rin as not necessarily Rin because she was kind of just the one that was already hitting things off. But even with her at times, it was this this feeling of you're screwing up real bad, and you you almost want to sit there next to her and go, you gotta you gotta step it up because you're looking really bad right now and i mean they're they're doing a terrible job they get in that radio booth and they're just what are we doing here it's like come on but I and what was nice so about know. that what was nice about that and i don't think did we mention that during our uh our first uh the first impressions where uh, when they were getting in there for that podcasting booth it was like i totally know yeah. that feeling <laughs> it, it's me and Andrew were sitting there looking at each other like, okay, so what are we going to say now? It's like... <laughs> just talk kind of thing. It's, it's really got to just start talking. Do like you normally do, just as you're you're sitting around talking. Um, but I think that kind of lends itself to the idea that these are technically new actors or, or voice actresses. So they... It, it works well in that you're not going, well, that's just a, a really well-known voice actress playing Futaba acting like she's terrible and i'm not saying that those voice actors that did those voices are terrible it's just that i can kind of see them personifying that very well because they're in that moment they're having that nervous issue and then it lends itself to having these other voice actors helping them out so it's like i want to see what's behind this give me a behind the scenes say you life so i can see how did they bring these people in were they technically saying here here's this person that's just starting out tell them what you went through kind of stuff or She's having an issue voicing a, a male character, and you've done male characters. How did how did you pull that off? Kind of stuff. It's just like really really cool. I I I just want I want to know what happened. Um, probably never will though. Sadly, maybe we can find like maybe an article somewhere. Maybe they did an interview to find out what all all that was involved. Cool stuff though. Cool stuff. I like it. Uh, let's move on to Monster Musume. I'm sure everybody's been waiting for this one, Chris. I think I'm the only one who enjoyed this show. The only person in the entire world that enjoyed this show? No, I don't think you enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about it? Probably. Go ahead. 
It's about monster girls that move into a house. That's basically it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't even have to emphasize on that one. Uh, no, anyways, uh, Chris really loves this show, but does not know the synopsis, so I will tell the synopsis even though I hate the show. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, this stars uh, Kurusa, or Kurusu Kimi Hito, who is never called that, so that's why I'm struggling with his name. Uh, he is in a household, and a lady named Smith shows up, and she is kind of a an agent for a group of people that try to protect monster goals because a treaty has been signed and a cultural exchange between species act, which allows this suddenly known species of monsters to live alongside humans. And Smith basically says, you're going to take care of Mia, who is a snake girl. And then she's over time, okay. Um, over time, she he meets Poppy, and she's a harpy, and then a Centauria, a Centauria girl, and a mermaid lady, and a, a slime girl, and they're basically all brought under his roof because he does not discriminate against them, and they take a liking to him because of that. Um, a lot of them having their own owners before, but they didn't work out. Um, but he seems to take care of them well enough, and Smith. Kind of we weren't owners. They were cohabitants. He was a it was a guardian. Guardian, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is a story that Chris loves so much that Andrew had to tell. So tell us about Monster Muzumi, Chris. It's cute, sexy, and goofy. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think that it had a couple of really cool points that outside of the hijinks and stuff like that, it did it did toy with the idea of discrimination, like Andrew kind of mentioned. Um it and it did fine with that. But th- that was I don't think that that was really its aim. Its aim was really more yeah, just to be silly and have monster girls as this as the catalyst. And it was interesting and fun to see something that's outside of the the norm for a harem, and I thought it was it it, it did fine with that. Uh, as far as a a drive, these characters don't really have much of a drive, and I think that that's really m- the biggest miss on this show's part. Uh, but I think it it was fine for what it was doing, and, and it, it it didn't hurt itself in in that respect. It just it's goofy hijinks with monster girls who will kill this guy at any point. No, no one knows how this plot armor protects this guy, but it does. I almost didn't recognize him in the picture here because he, he doesn't have he those doesn't circle have eyes. eyes. <laughs> he doesn't have white scribbly eyes. That and that is probably the biggest. I I've never had a huge problem with artwork things. I mean, as, especially with eyes. I. And most of the time, I can deal with most eye problems, but that one, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't do that one. That one irritated me. Um, I didn't hate the show as much as Chris thinks I hate the show. Um, he likes I to make that assumption poking, every time. I, I was just poking at you. <laughs> he thinks I hate the show. Um, it was. It's really one of those cases where this is a show where it's not afraid of what it is. It is a harem show. All these girls are getting thrown into this one house with him, um, and its big thing is these are monster girls. So it does the trope formula, but then it goes, but this girl is half snake and thus needs to shed her skin. So let's go into how that works. Wink, wink. 
Where, <laughs> wink, wink. Where does she, does she wear panties? Let's go into that. Wink, wink. And then it goes into Poppy, Poppy and she's a harpy, and, and she needs to lay an egg. Wink, wink, awkward. Here's Centauria. Let's wash her. Technically, you're washing her butt. Wink, wink. It, it's doing this as this is its thing. It's like, yeah, it is a harem, but... There's also this really awkward quirkiness in the fact that these aren't necessarily normal girls. And how does he, how does he, uh, you know, uh, what's the term, uh, adapt to that? The only point that I didn't like, like literally did not like this show is the egg episode was mainly disturbing with the camera guy. I thought that was just... It was disgusting. Yeah, the guy, the camera guy was irritating. Uh, and then I, to go from there to the whole scene where they're going on the dates and here's Poppy again and she's in the, the public and all these people are watching her and thinking that she's publicly doing something that she shouldn't be doing. That was, I didn't like it. Like, like I literally didn't like it. I thought it was wrong. Other than that, I, I didn't have any problem with the show. It was just... I accept it for what that's what it was doing, and it was doing it. So, I thought it played a little too much on Sue's water absorbing thing. Like they did that way too often. But whatever, we'll move on from there. The show, the part of the show that I actually liked the most was when they weren't with those girls. They were with Smith's girls. That those had they had a goal. They had a purpose. They had mm-hmm. something that they were doing, and that's where it got interesting. I liked that team. I like the zombie girl was great. Um, not mention the fact that she's heterochromia. It was hilarious dealing with her. I like the big gigantic crazy chick that I think is perfect for Shizuo from uh da da because she throws a vending machine. I, I like the Cyclops girl and her whole thing. I mean, I I liked Smith's girls more than the main girls. The main girls well, were kind of like, see- okay, these are typical characters following these typical tropes. Those characters were just off the wall. I like them more. I, 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 and the, and the thing is, is I like, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a character in this show that I didn't like. Um, I probably Mero was about the one that I would be, uh, I could probably do without her. She didn't but, really do much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's she like, had two moments where she showed up and said she wanted a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Arachna, I, she, she kind they of, killed her joke. they, they, but they sold her to me. I, I liked her. I liked she, her story and her. The the her meeting I thought that that was probably one of the most serious moments of the show that I actually yeah. liked and 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 I enjoyed I enjoyed most of the character as, as Smith Girls especially I love Smith Smith Girls I I I some of the awkward humor in that show just just worked so well I loved the 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 tightness girl uh, <laughs> she couldn't she couldn't fit in the dressing booth and so she had to change her panties and it was just goofy I love it. And that and that's one of the things that I think that really shines in the show is is dealing with these awkward traits that that is just not normal. I mean, I, as, as and and it's like Andrew was talking about the 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 shedding scene. It's like there's a there's a scene a couple of episodes before where they're talking about Mia's panties. She's got a little triangle, and that that's her panties, and it's like. Okay, that was awkward, but it was funny because it, it it makes no sense how they would wear underwear. It doesn't. And so that worked for that character. And I think that that's one of the things that really kind of shines for this show is how it takes the time to explain these really awkward things about these characters. 
and that works for them. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, my favorite moment though was Zombina, where she she dropped something and he had to reattach <laughs> it. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite would probably be. Um, oh, I also didn't like the popsicle scene. That was that was the other part that I didn't like. Yeah, I think that. Well, there's some scenes that I thought they went too far. It's like the tail, the tail jerk. Yeah, it's the like, tail, that yeah, was, yeah come like on, really? Too. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but no, it did. That was especially that early in the show. I mean, that's like wearing it on your sleeve. This is what we are, and I think that if you go into that and and by the first five minutes, you you are not completely turned off. Well, then see, you can problem. enjoy the show. See, that was my problem. It's like. I I did not I, I enjoy the show, but if you if you gave me that first segment and said this is what the show is completely, I would turn it off. Like that I don't that's not what I like. That's not what I'm wanting to get into. But and so yeah, but it, it gave think, a really bad first impression and then the rest of the show had content to it that I enjoyed. Okay. That's what kind of bites. Um what, what I want to kind of point out before I forget is I, I kind of liked I don't know who I mean probably several people but th- there was this whole hatred for the show of the idea of oh it's just one of those shows where why does all these girls want to get in his pants and it's like technically if you think about it this show has a lot more merit to its harem than most every single show on American television Japan television anywhere television like you have people get, getting into bed with each other for the stupidest things and yet here you have somebody this is this and I'm not 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 saying this is like solid gold writing or anything. It's just take into consideration that darling coon guy here who is in this world where monster girls are being introduced and there is so much discrimination around these girls. It, it's just like if you were to go to another country or a place where you're not the same race or religion or ethnicity or whatever and you're viewed as as the outsider. And then you come into that place and everybody looks at you as like a monster. And at some point you run into somebody who doesn't look at you as a monster and just says, oh, hi, how's it going? Kind of thing. You would probably be more attached to that person. You'd be more welcome to that person. And if that person ends up being somebody who is kind of charming to you, you'd probably be pretty attracted to that person. So it's like it's not hard to believe that these girls in this environment where they are racially attacked, they are attacked racially that they would find somebody who does not attack them racially as being attractive. Why is that a hard thing to gather? So it's like, I'm not saying it's great writing, but I'm also saying it's not a stupid concept. It's not a far-fetched idea to believe that these girls are attacked to this guy. And then to top it off, the entire idea of they're, they're, they're more closer to their base instincts. So he's the only one that they're attracted to, and then they get in heat, quote-unquote. <laughs> Yeah, there's that whole thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can use that as an excuse to give them that that little bit of extra drive. But I mean, when it comes down it's to it, it's just a little pu- a little push. <laughs> I mean, it was. I think I forgot to tell him something. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, I, I I never did say my, my favorite. My favorite scene would probably have to be the legs. Yeah, that was he's a funny. leg guy. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, that was a very cute scene, though. All, all over. Uh, I like that whole thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's Monster Musume that Andrew hates. Uh, next one we have is Wakaba Girl. This was the sugar show this season, I think. Do we have a more sugary show than this besides Nanamiori? Mm-hmm. Nanamiori is more melancholy. Yeah, kind of 
the, I don't think that anything hit this level of sweetness. This, this, is, this is sweet. Season. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the uh, is the Order of Rabbit summer edition. Um, this follows Wakaba, and she is a very very she's a girl from a very rich family. She's she wants to be a uh, what was it a Gairu? Yeah, she she wants to get into the Gyaru fashion um, subculture, and. She's she's kind of she she's kind of seems sheltered mainly because she doesn't really have many friends and that's mainly because she has to move a lot. Her father is very uh, part of some really big corporation or whatever, and he's has to move a lot, and so she's constantly moving with her family a lot. And so when she comes to this new place where she starts living, uh, she immediately meets uh, Mao, uh, Shiba, and Moe, and they let her be her her their friend and she's ecstatic about it and they're kind of trying to figure out why why is she so excited about this and you start they start learning over time that she's just never really had a stable home and she's never had stable friends and so it kind of explores the 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 the, the real stick of this show is really in the idea that there's this girl she's very sheltered she's very uh high class and she's learning commoner things basically she's learning the typical girl stuff to do together because she's never experienced it. So you're kind of going with her as she's, oh, we're going to do this? That's great. I'm so excited. Why are you so excited? Because she's never done it before kind of thing. Um, and also mixing there every now and then is a little bit of the humor and the idea that she is technically from a rich family. I love the whole scene where she brings the big old tray of food and at the bottom like how, is a bunch of gold I like bars. They, no, I, I, I've always, yeah, that, that too. That, that was actually part of what I was getting ready to say. I love how they would every once in a while start, here, let me pay for that for <laughs> yeah. you. And they're, they're pulling out this big old wad of cash and they're, no, 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 we don't need that. They're hanging, they're hanging out and all of a sudden the mom goes, thank you so much. Here, take this. And it's like, no, we can't take that. It's like, do take it. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, but yeah, it, it's a, what was it? Like a 10 minute show, I think. It was eight or seven. Eight. Seven, seven or eight, minutes. yeah. Um, yeah, seven minutes. And it's it's short and sweet, every episode. I mean, I would almost want more. Uh, like, this is one of the few ones where it's a short, I would almost want more. But at the same time, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. It might be a bad thing. Um, yeah, we, we, we it's ended up with that a couple might times. Be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's condensed self might be. It's, 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 it's joy, and I might not even realize it. But it was one of those shows where every week I turned it on, it, it gave me that intro song that I absolutely love. Uh, it's definitely Dempa style, very upbeat song. Then I go right into just watching this goofiness of Wakaba experiencing things for the first time and just going crazy about certain aspects. Like the whole, uh, what are they called? The yukatas, whatever they're called, the, the heated tables. And <laughs> fearing them because they make people lazy and then buying a whole bunch of them for their house. I mean, this this is the stuff that just I enjoy. It, it brought a smile to my face. I, I got a lot of chuckles out of it. And it wasn't ever asking too much of me. It wasn't asking me to think too much. It was just kind of, oh, this is very cute and very sweet. Um, so it's definitely definitely a joy if you're looking for something sweet. If you if you like things like uh, Is the Order a Rabbit or uh, the more sugary type shows, this is one that you have to check out kind of thing. And it's not too much of an investment if you think about 13 episodes for seven minutes. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? Not really. No, I mean, it, I it's know. cute and adorable. It, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Moe's voice was crazy. I, I just She's got a, a kick out of it. I suddenly realized their names is Mao Now and Moe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moeka Now and Mao. I think they call her Moe because they were so similar. Um, I guess what we have is another short, which is Miss Monochrome. This is a 
three minute, four minute. Nope. It, it, the first Seven season was minutes? first season was three minute. The they second upgraded. Season. Yep, that makes sense because she got like double longer. the time for the second season. Maybe this. And we're season, going right in three, so she'll get three. Uh, what? Uh, she's already got seven. We're, oh, we're already, already in, we're seven. already in three. So. Um, this is continue on into the third season, but for the second season, Miss Monochrome second season, uh, we basically f- picked up from the first season where, of course, you want Miss Monochrome has been uh, lost all of her money. She wants to become an idol. Um, she's she's seeking to overcome the biggest idol, uh, Mikuko, and to do that, she enlists a manager from a like a 7-Eleven type store and is joined by Ruchan, her, her little, uh, uh, cleaning disc thing. What do you call it? Roomba? And mm-hmm. now this season we, we, oh, met you have Yoli. to, you have to censor that. Huh? Oh yeah. Cause that's copyright. That's copyright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got joined this season with Yayoi who is, uh, their PR. They, I think they brought in her as PR and yes. she's a crazy oh, publisher. Could be. She publisher or PR? I don't know. I thought that she was just PR because she would go out and, and get them gigs and stuff in her super fast... She's a promoter. Promoter. Her super fast car. Whenever she gets in her car, she becomes a psychotically crazy street racer. And when she gets out of the car, she's a clumsy moe girl. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's a klutz. Um, really enjoy this season, um, mainly because it managed to beat the funniest moment possible in the first season which was the wake-up call um i also enjoyed yayoi i think she was a good addition i liked the whole uh the guitarist they brought on i enjoyed the 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 mannequin stuff with the, the her new ensemble yeah that was that was good um but yeah just it's just more miss monochrome it's just kind of a mixture of uh, a lack of knowledge in the industry trying to apply certain methods of going getting big in the industry while realizing that we know of absolutely no clue. We're not applying the proper procedure to acquire success. And that's always the fun just in the show. And it's just random fun here and there. So I, I, I definitely enjoy it as always. And I'm enjoying third season too. Yeah. It's it. And, 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 and the thing is with this show, it's, I, I mean, it's not a, the the greatest show ever. But please don't ever claim that that we we think that this is the greatest show. It's not. It's what it, what it is is it's it's a simple concept of Miss Monochrome wants to be more to stand out more, and there is this underdog thing to it. That's that's fun and and I enjoy play, just playing into the. I want to uh, support this character and I want her to do well. It's fun. I there is good humor in this show, and I I think that in a lot of cases it, you you're not hurt by watching the show. I mean, seven minutes is is longer than last season. Yeah, I'll admit that, but I've never felt at any point where I got ripped off. I I think that it does really good for what it's trying to do. Um, you get these really enjoyable points that it's like, wow, this this is totally funny. I mean, like Andrew was saying, the the wake up call in 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 season one and wake up call in season two. <laughs> Battery guy. Battery guy was was hilarious. Uh, the, 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 I I still get a kick out of my first introduction to the entire show, and Manachan and that entire situation was, I went. Wow, I can't believe that that just happened. <laughs> She's evil. Don't yeah. trust. Don't trust Mana the Lolly. 
She's just evil. The only thing that I really, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I feel like you're downplaying, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't find anything wrong with the show. Like, the only thing that I didn't, I didn't particularly like that was kind of added in the second season is she's kind of getting this whole routine of just joking. Like she'll say something and this yeah. just joking. And I don't remember the exact moment she started doing that, but it was like, yeah, I understand that we're trying to give her a personality at some point and said, you should start doing this as a cool joke. And then she just kind of ran with it. But it's like, you're doing it too often. Like, it's funny to do maybe once an episode or maybe once every two episodes. It'll feel a little more out of, like, out of nowhere. You're just doing it now as every single other thing you're saying is, oh, just joking. Oh, just joking. It's like you're killing the joke. Stop kind of thing. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay it. I just I don't want anybody going off and, and thinking, well, Chris is 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 saying that this is this is such a great show. And, and it is. I, I really enjoy this show. This I really want a few love. short shows that I really enjoy. So yeah. it's like to, to have a short series show that I enjoy is a rare thing and I like to I like to promote it when it's when it's there. Yeah, and and, and I am too. Like, I definitely like am. The, I just don't I don't want anybody to think that I'm over hyping it. I, I I enjoy this show. I truly do. It's like that uh what was that one that we enjoyed the first season that just kinda went downhill. It's like this isn't that case. It's like Both it's Recorder going, and Ranzel and that and that that Yeah, the warrior guy the warrior guy one. the demon thing, yeah. It, it's it's rare to have a a, a good uh, short and so I, th- I think it's good and then it's not too much of an investment to check out the first season at least with its its three to four minute episodes and this one is an idea definitely of... maintained through the second season which is very rare <laughs> the third season it's kind of like uh, they're they haven't done anything to really excite me yet um, but the second season was solid so I definitely definitely recommend it and it's one of those things where even if the third season doesn't turn out great, it's, you still had a, a solid first two seasons that always end up having its own kind of conclusion. So, yeah, I, I recommend it. Definitely check it out. Um, and that's all we have. Yep. We're done. That is the third part of our summer 2015 season reviews. And we have one more again. It's going to be our second season slash second core slash slash uh, anything that's not a single core. And our outro is going to be the ET for Rampo Kitan, which is Mikazuki by Sayuri. And I really like that song, so enjoy it. And we will sign off if Chris has nothing else to say. Sure.